Metricast. Mental chaos of worrying about the future and bills is fear-based, so that's not love. Um, Hanging on to a broken relationship from the past with resentment and regret is not love, and it brings us pain. But if we can forgive that and let it go and find some gratitude for the gift, that's love, and we feel better. So our feelings are the greatest gift, the greatest tool brought by the divine into the human body to keep us in alignment with love. Welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. This podcast is meant to encourage you to connect within so you can share your light with the world. And now, here's your host, Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Welcome, beautiful beings, to another episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna. This is your weekly installment of your inner connection to your outer expression. Where I, your host Harrison, here with the beautiful mystical guest that I'll get the pleasure to introduce here in a second. Set the loving intention to hold the space needed to pull back the layers, restricting health, alignment, and love. And today's episode is going to be a beautiful example of that. But before we get there, just a reminder for all the new souls joining, if you get some value out of this chat today, please share this out with friends, family members, and lovers. If you get some guidance, if this hits your heart, a way that you can help expand the show is by heading over to Apple and Spotify and leaving your reviews and your feedback. With all of that said, I want to introduce the beautiful Gemma Starr here today. Gemma is a beautiful poet. She's a metaphysical writer. And as you'll start to see and feel today, she's a big and powerful, loving heart. We're going to talk about what does it mean exactly to alchemize pain into love, healing through the written words, being an empty vessel of love and channeling that out onto the paper, onto the digital pixels that we express ourselves and so much more. Gemma, welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna. Hey, Harrison. What a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's uh, my pleasure, my friend. How are you? How's that heart feeling as we as we start this conversation? Mm, really expansive, actually. I'm, yeah, right in the zone, especially because it's so early in the morning here. It's a uh, quarter to six in the morning. So, you know, that time when it's so peaceful before the day starts and you just haven't got time to get into the energy of of doing so much, just still in the being. Yes, that, I think that's exactly what it is, Gemma. I, I call it, I think the channel is open most in the morning, right? Not just for writing and what you do, but just your, your this, I don't do, <laughs> I don't do recordings after like nine o'clock in the morning because I, I just know that yeah, they'll be fine, but it's much better to be in this channel with you here at this time of day. Um, Gemma, let's, before we get into some of the things you're doing now in the world and your beautiful insights and your writings, how I like to start these shows is just a little bit of background about who you are and, and you know, the soul that you've come to be here now in this moment. And I guess how I start like to frame this is there's usually a series maybe a one, two, three events that come to mind that is really pivotal in our awakening process. And I'm wondering, Gemma, when I ask you that question, what was the what was the stage? What was the pain teacher? What was the moment that maybe comes to mind within your past that 
has led you to the beautiful soul that I get to have a chat with here today? Well, I guess the most pivotal was um, 10 years in an abusive marriage relationship, Um, you know, working through that and eventually, you know, getting out of it and having two beautiful boys in the process. But, um, I mean, it did take a long time till I actually started writing and, you know, the the catalyst, I guess, to writing was starting meditating. So I'm not sure which story you want to get into that. But, you know, I was already quite awakened even before I got into this relationship. So, you know, it, I do believe it was a very karmic and pivotal um, event and circumstance. And, I mean, basically, in retrospect, I can see that I married my mother, you know, so <laughs> working through all that. And of course, you know, now I can thank my ex-husband for being my greatest teacher because I wouldn't be the woman I am today without having lived that experience, even though it was hell at the time, to be through it on the other side and healed and, you know, in a great space um, is the greatest gift. I married my mother. That is a a such an important statement that you just <laughs> pointed out there for I, i'm sure you, you're not aware of this Gemma, but uh, on this on this show i, I spent a lot of time talking about the inner child and how we want to spend time healing our inner child and one of the reasons we would we want to do that is so we don't do what what you beautifully acknowledge and we're able to heal through right if we have open inner child wounds <laughs> from our childhood the beautiful soul inside of us how it works in many ways to help us heal those is by attracting adult intimate partners that have the same characteristics so we eventually see the thing that needs to be seen do you resonate with that <laughs> oh, exactly that's exactly as it was and you know it, of course I didn't know it at the time um and of course they hated each other <laughs> which was also very pivotal. But, um, you know, in, through on the other side, as you know, and this is all about being able to always be grateful for the gift because, you know, what comes out of it is just the most beautiful sense of peace and um, connection. So always grateful. Yeah, and I think you're, we'll probably get into it today, but you're, you're such a reflective soul from, the writings I've read from you and even just a small amount of time I've already spent together. You know, that it feels like it was the gift, right? The reflection that you now have in the work that you do, it comes through those moments of pain. And I think it's very easy for us to, that's why I refer to it as the pain teachers. It's because it's so easy for us to feel like the victim in the moment. But then once we can surrender into it with love, with compassion, with, you know, holding ourselves, then we can really pull out those gems later, right? Speaking of pain, <laughs> Gemma, the the title of this chat today is that alchemization, the alchemizing of the pain into love. I'm wondering, what does that mean to you when you think of activating that that ability to alchemize that those beautiful pain teachers, whether they be in our relationships or our physical healing or, you know, anything else, how, what comes up around that? Um, it's having an awareness or some sort of connection with um, the meaning to life, whatever resonates for each of us. And through through me, for me, 
it was getting an understanding into reincarnation. And the greatest teaching I feel that I got out of that understanding was that nothing is random. We're never victims. Everything, all our circumstances, experiences, even this chat with us today was agreed by us on a soul level, at a higher level, for an opportunity for us to choose love, for us to be able to heal, maybe also karmic debts, but, you know, on the whole. And once we understand that we have chosen everything for our highest spiritual growth, for an opportunity, that takes us straight out of victim mode and straight into empowerment mode. So now we have the choice of how we're going to heal, how we're going to get through this, but we've got the intention. Instead of wallowing in victim mode and, oh, everything happens to me, you know, we can see the the gift. And even though it still doesn't take away the pain, we can appreciate that we're not helpless victims. Mm. Oh, so much, so much bubbling up from that. But Gemma, I guess a question that I want to throw at you and I want to play sort of devil's advocate to the everything happening for a reason, the soul contracts, the predetermination of it all. How, is it possible, in your opinion, in the moment to tune into that soul contract. So for example, you know, when I reached out to you to have this conversation, can we tune in within the interaction itself to really feel, oh, this is one of those moments. This is this is one of those predetermined, oh, this is one of those contracts, or this is and adversely, can we can we tune into it not being one of those moments. Does that make sense? What comes up around that? Well, of course we can because we can do anything. So, um, but I, I really do think that everything is okay. So we can take it a couple of levels. We can see it as a soul agreement. I prefer agreement rather than contract, but either roles, whatever works um, on the individual level. Um, or we can see it a dance of, of the quantum energetic field. You know, you were looking for guests to, you know, for your show and my energy fitted that space. So in the quantum dance, we flowed together. So because energy never lies and energy is just pure neutral, um, you know, attraction and magnetic electricity, this is how we agreed on an energetic level to come together. Mm, I love it. And I would what I would add to this is, for me, how I tune into those moments, and I love how you use the word dance. I think that's the, the perfect imagery of it. When, uh, going back to what I said before, in the morning when my channel's open and I close my eyes and you say these things, my friend, I get images in my in my third eye. And I, when you say dance, I just see that there's beautiful energy swirling together. And I think for me, how I tune into those moments of those contracts, it's I feel it in the heart, right? I feel it when we were having our chat yesterday, that's all it was, right? And we could and we could be thinking all we want, but the heart is there just sort of open. And I think this is something that we can all start to tune into when we spend a bit more time in that heart space. I think we'd be surprised how much it's guiding us, how much it's letting us know when we're really in those moments. Speaking of really cultivating those kinds of moments and that love, my friend, I want to get into 
your writing and and I want to speak I want you to maybe start this element here of speaking about poetry and why you know your awareness of it as a gift that you have because anyone that maybe has read any of your words and the things that you post about there's a lot of frequency there's a lot of love there's a lot of divinity there so maybe I'd love to hear you speak about how you sort of shifted into this and why you think it's such a powerful gift that you have Hmm. um i just it just came to to just touch on the last conversation with the heart when we can feel it expanding or contracting and that's uh, maybe we can get into that later i just wanted to put that point so poetry now harrison the funny thing is that um okay i was just i guess you know a bit of an above average scholar but you know not not straight A's, pretty much straight B's, you know, the odd A, whatever. But um, I was, when I left school, I didn't ever write poetry again or even creative writing. And I'd read, you know, I'd be reading the the, the self-help books over, you know, the, the 20, 30 years before, whatever. And um, so everyone's got a creative gift. And I'd be like, well, where's mine? You know, I mean, I was a single mom raising two boys and, you know, a beautiful soul, but I, I didn't paint, I didn't um, write, I didn't uh, do any of the obvious creative arts. And I'd be like, well, where's my gift? I've got nothing. And then um, 2016, I, I was at my yoga studio and I saw uh, on the notice board uh, something about going and learning in meditation and thought obviously it's something I'd seen before around or but I was just drawn to it and it, me and my eldest son we went to this and it was a transcendental meditation with a mantra but I didn't resonate with that but I resonated with the meditating so I went home and I remember this was have been June July and I just started meditating every day um, it wasn't a guided meditation. It was just sitting in silence. I'd, you know, sometimes do 15 minutes, sometimes reg- an average would be half an hour. Sometimes I'd be able to do an hour, not often, but anyway. And then um, at the time I was having sort of a, an online fling with like romantic relationship with um, a guy I'd met on Facebook. And, um, but that was sort of hitting um, a stalling point. And so in meditation, I'd start asking, you know, sort of just thinking about that, of course, because it was on my mind. And, um, and we got to December. So it had been four months and all of a sudden the beautiful answers started flowing poetry. And no one was more blown away than me because, as I said, it's not anything I'd cultivated or practised or even considered since I had to do it for homework in, you know, school. And so I'd write it down. I'd be like, wow, that's pretty far out. I'll post it on Facebook. You and know? It, just, it just came. It just Would you describe it as like a download? Yeah, for sure. I mean, oh, yeah, and sometimes it, it didn't necessarily always happen in in um, meditation, like maybe it happened in the shower. Maybe it would be just like a four-line sort of verse, and sometimes it would be like full-on sort of, you know, 28 little line verses, you know, and, um, yeah, and I started posting. And after a couple, I was like, okay, well, that's pretty cool. I don't think I've got anything else to write about. And, of course, here we are almost six years later because that started in November 2016. Incidentally, yeah, when Trump got elected. 
<laughs> um, and here we are still. It's still flowing. Yeah, still riding, yeah. So thank you for outlining that, my friend, and it's a beautiful example of a couple of things. Before I share something that's bubbling up, I just a quick question. When you're writing and receiving the downloads and then expressing them, how how much of the mind is involved, if anything? Is there any part of the mind that's looking at the words and saying, I need to add this, or is it purely just receiving, expressing? Well, you know, I'll, I'll jot down the bulk of it. Well, it's a bit different now. It's evolved over the past six years. So, because I don't meditate anymore. So, I meditated for a couple of years and all up. And then, you know, I'd write down the bulk, just sort of, you know, free writing. And then I'd tidy it up because at the time I was sort of felt I had to write more precise poetry, like, you know, the right rhyming, the right sounding, the right rhythm. So, I'd get the bulk down and I'd tidy it up. And even though I, I would always bring that energy through my heart, there was obviously, you know, to get the best words sometimes, you know, the use of the mind. But predominantly, like, I can feel the difference if I'm writing from the mind or the heart. Like, if you asked me to write, for example, a marketing piece for your show or whatever, I've, I would do that from the, the mind and I would struggle because it wouldn't flow as beautifully as I know my writing does that comes through the heart. And when I'm sitting in a sensation that I want to express, I actually feel that energy dropping into my heart and then being expressed from my heart. So definitely poetry, um, good poetry with the with a high frequency, definitely, no doubt, comes through the heart. So this is so beautiful. And this is one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on the show, Gemma, because while I think your beautiful expression you're obviously channeling your unique gifts in the way in which it's being shared with the world. The mechanism at play here of being the open channel, receiving, and I'm so happy you said the word frequency, and then making a choice to then share it into the 3D form. This is something we all have access to. This is something that we can all make a choice to embody, right? And it doesn't have to be if it is the written word, like like Gemma's beautifully outlining is, if it's that wonderful, but I want if you're listening to this, I want you to ask the question: What is my best way of expressing the frequency? Because I think this is the part that we can all do. Right, this is the part. I for, I'll give an example here. <clears throat> I grew up, and maybe you can relate to this, my friend. I grew up in an education system that taught me what to think, not how to think. And while that's a whole conversation itself, within that education system, there was no understanding around what intuition is, what feeling is, what sensitivities are, emotion, all these things. And so I grew up with a limiting belief that only certain people could channel, only certain people could receive this kind of frequency, only certain people could connect to this divine source and then share it. But in reality, we all have it. It's all, we are all, in your words, the divine vessel. So I'm wondering if you could speak to this, Gemma, what, what bubbles up around this beautiful conduit that we are? Well, you know, it's when we start out, I believe, when we start our healing journey and we, we empty our mind of how things should be, 
our things. We empty our mind from the past because it's healed. And even though we have a story, we're not attached to it. So we can let it fly. We're not attached to some future event. So we are emptying ourselves. And when we empty ourselves from the human program and conditioning, wounds, perceptions, opinions, judgments, what's it going to be filled with? It's going to be filled with divine flow. And meditation offers that space because it does bring us into the present moment. And the present moment is the only point of creation. And that's why that they, the powers that be, try to keep us in the past, try to keep us worrying about the, the future, because the point of now is so powerful as the creation tool. I mean, no artist, even, you know, painting a picture can be painting with a divine colors and stroke and be thinking about what bills they have to pay. They're thinking, they're feeling. And that's the difference. Creation is feeling and we we're creating from the emotion that we're feeling so if we're feeling sadness like every color has a frequency every musical note has a frequency every emotion has a frequency every sound every action intention and it's that energetic dance of a pure um pure heart frequency whatever um there whatever that is on the scale is that what's being created into you know a work of art whether it's that a dance or a poem or or whatever yeah i love it that uh that word frequency i want people to tune into here for a second because i think this is the shift and maybe you've noticed this i'll get your perspective on this Gemma. This is a big shift that I'm seeing within the spiritual community that we've spent, we're shifting from the age of energy into the age of frequency. And what I mean by that is we've spent a long time understanding that everything is energy. We're all energy and that's beautiful. We live in a quantum, we talked about it, you talked about it before, the quantum field, the energy dancing together, beautiful. But we can get more specific, like the collective has has reached a, understanding point that we get the energy piece now we want to get more specific and the more specific uh extrapolation of energy is unique frequency right the unique frequency that my heart has the unique frequency that Gemma's heart has but also the actions that we take and the things that we interact with so do you resonate with this Gemma do you are you noticing this shift and this this collective understanding of what frequency actually is yeah, it's just, yeah, the awareness and we all understand truth through our own feeling towards it, you know. Um, and the thing is, I, I can only say, you know, you only know what you, you don't know what you don't know. We think now, oh, we're evolved into a new level of understanding, but I, I don't think that ever ends, you know. Then we'll be another one and another one and every time a new layer of truth is is lifted and all I can do is feel truth as what makes my heart expand so yes and I see us all with a pivotal point of the puzzle to play and I like to see humanity the collective humanity um as say a human form like some of us are the analytical mind 
Some of us are the kidneys flushing out the toxins. Some of us are the heart energy. Some of us are the reproductive organs. But and in the body, every organ has a different frequency, but we need them all. You know, and to be the complete, fully functioning collective or human body on a, on a micro scale, we all need to be fully functioning. And it doesn't mean that just because someone's got a higher frequency or one organ's got a higher frequency, it's more important than a lower organ frequency because we need them all and we need the, us all to be able to work in harmony and balance and unity for the fully functioning collective. Mm. Ascension is not a Harrison or a Gemma thing. It is a we ascend together. We don't ascend by ourselves. So we need that functioning community. It's a must, right? Gemma, I want to ask you a specific question here now in regards to the writing and the poetry. And we talked about it before, the heart versus the ego. And I ask this question for people listening. I also ask it for myself. And it's it's along the lines of when you're channeling and, and writing something from the heart and the ego comes in with maybe some wounds and some and some limiting beliefs and some programming like you're talking about before that disconnects us. Right. So for example, you know, right now I'm in the process of writing a book and I'm I'm in the channel most of the time, but sometimes uh the limiting beliefs come in and say, Oh, does that does that sound good? Is that really something you want to write? I'm wondering what is your process, my friend? How do you what tips would you give around sustaining that heart frequency in the written form when the ego comes in to take us away? Yeah, just write for yourself as if you're never going to publish it. And get your truth out. Just write, write, write for yourself to heal yourself, to express yourself. And then have the courage to publish it. Because as you just said, we've all got a unique piece of the puzzle and your mind saying, oh, I need to write a certain way. I need to express a certain message. If you're writing for yourself to express your truth rather than to sell books for monetary gain, there's a huge difference. Like I've got a book. I don't even promote it because my gift was just to, wow, you know, I actually published a book, you know, and I mean, I've got heaps of poetry since then, but I never felt I had to publish it because I don't know, I just like posting it for free on Facebook and I'd done that book and I ticked it off, you know, it was like, I know I can do that, but I never published it to make money. It was more like a gift to myself. So if you're writing truly from the heart one yeah just write as if no one else will ever see it drop your drop your energy into your heart just express on paper no one else or whatever medium you write on no one else will ever see it and then look at it maybe later and say okay do I have the courage to publish this is there anything now I just need to maybe tidy up but the essence will be pure and genuine and people pick up on that because a lot of people write poetry thinking they have to write fancy words and you know like as we were taught at school how were we taught to write poetry at school we were taught through the mind like you've got to have certain number of stanzas you've got to have rhyming words you've got to have blah 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 and that takes you into your mind and that poetry comes through the heart so already that's the conflict 
Now, pure truth comes through the heart. The mind will only filter it, as you said, through ego. Mm. So they're my tips. I love it, Gemma. That uh, <laughs> resonates deeply. And uh, I'm going to do some writing today and really practice those beautiful tips there. Let's let's go back to that heart piece and let's expand it a little bit more here because you gave some really good examples just then of doing it through the written form and, and the written practice. How do we, and I'll give the example here, you have a, a beautiful YouTube channel and a show called Heart Warriors and, you, and maybe you can speak a little bit about it to give an example here. But I guess the larger question is, how do we start making more choices from that heart in other areas of our life, right? How do we, you know, let's take it out of the written form, showing up in the world, how do we take steps forward with that heart, whether it's, you know, on a beautiful show like you're doing or, you know, if it's in our business or if it's in our relationships, what does that, what does that really look like in your world, my friend? Um, being happy in your own company, being able to sit still in the silence without uh, the TV on, without music on, without um, being on the phone, just being happy with, like, is your mind a nice place to be or are you always trying to escape it? Is your body a comfortable place to live or are you always trying to escape it? You know, be happy in, and to be and to sit in the silence is just to connect, have that opportunity for anything that wants to come in, to come in. If not, if you're constantly busy, if you're constantly doing, doing, doing and not being, you, we don't give the opportunity to this divine source to flow through us. Like it, it, you don't have to meditate. I mean, I do a lot of yoga. I think that helped me a lot. Some people do breath work, or Tai Chi. Some just sit under a tree or, or sit on the beach, go for a swim in the ocean. You know, those times just to sit in silence with no expectation, just to sit and connect and enjoy and feel that heart expansion, as I said, you know, as opposed to the heart contraction when we might fold our arms over our chest as a, as a means of protection. Um, even just to lie on the bed with arms wide open, we're right opening our heart chakra. Now, a lot of people, even that they'll find uncomfortable, but it's a good place to start. You know, raising your hands, your arms above your head, really opening that chest cavity because so many people sit with it closed, leaning forward, protective, and just feeling how does that make you feel? If it makes you feel uncomfortable, hey, great, that's a good awareness. You've got a lot of work to do. But, you know, things like yoga and just basic stretches can really help that feeling our body and being, yeah, a comfortable place to live within our own our own vehicle heart and mind so i can i can feel the community there's a question bubbling up around this and I, that was a beautiful answer my friend i most of us what you described in many ways is the divine feminine right we we live we live in a hyper masculinized world where and i see it in myself all the time right exactly what you highlighted the doing taking action the constantly moving and not stopping and being and resting and feeling but the question that comes up because you know the topic of this show today is alchemizing that pain into love what what does Gemma do when she is in that space of being whether it be 
opening that heart chakra or holding a yoga pose or being on the beach or being out in nature? What does Gemma do when within that beingness, pain bubbles up? So I'll give a very specific example. Often when people do that heart opening of the chakra, the heart chakra, sadness can sometimes be released. So what what do you do in that moment, my friend, to alchemize that? Well, I'll start writing. I'll be like, oh, I want to capture this moment in time. But often it'll, it'll start with that. Some of my poetry is capturing a moment in time. Other poetry is actually processing that I'll start. And as I work through the piece, I'm processing and I always bring it out to a place of light because, I mean, fortunately I'm at the point where I can process pretty quickly now. You know, I've got a, I feel a great under, understanding of, you know, the um, the mind and the heart and the healing path. So, and I, I would like to believe I've done the bulk of the work and, you know, like I can pretty, pretty much alchemize anything, but through poetry, that's now my my gift and I'll just pick up I used to do it on paper and pen but now just pick up my notes on my phone and drop into my heart and just start writing and sometimes it flows and sometimes it doesn't but generally it flows I mean I probably got like hundreds of half-written poems that I never went back to but just being able to express and um and work through because as I said I'm never doing it for anyone else, the greatest gift of my poetry has been for me, you know, to take this pain and make something beautiful from it. That is so powerful. I'm like, wow, I did that? What? You know, it's crazy. And, yeah, then you post it. But, you know, I mean, the process for me now is sort of very different from the first year I was writing, you know, now it's sort of just a, a given that, you know, if I finish a piece, I just go and post it. But yeah. Um, it It's interesting, Gemma. So it's beautiful what you're highlighting here. And it, it, it gets you excited for the pain almost. It gets you, it gets you excited for, and not in a masochistic kind of way. It's, it's, it, you're leaning because, yeah, let's take this to a let's zoom all the way out with this right if we are and i'll get your thoughts on this if we are divine source here in a human form to experience love in all of its forms right then that love is also those painful moments right that that divine experience is also in that in that extreme heartache or that sadness or that shame or that guilt that you then are able to move through in any way, in this case today, through the words and the writing. And that too is is love and divinity, right? Yeah, well, it's my understanding that um, any pain we feel, whether it's emotional pain, mental, chaotic pain, um, even physical pain on, you know, different levels, is always an indication we're not in alignment with love. So if I'm feeling upset, triggered, um sad i i i look at it and i say okay there's two options from what i've worked out the last several years one where am i not loving unconditionally or two where am i not honoring myself and it's one of those things and it's working through that awareness that then you can get back on track with love and then the pain goes away. 
but it's always, yeah, not in alignment with love. I mean, mental chaos of worrying about the future and bills is fear-based, so that's not love. Um, hanging on to a broken relationship from the past with resentment and regret is not love and it brings us pain. But if we can forgive that and let it go and find some gratitude for the gift, that's love and we feel better. So our feelings are the greatest gift, the greatest tool brought by the divine into the human body to keep us in alignment with love. Mm-hmm. We could end the show just there, my friend. That was a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful summary. And it, you know, and I'll add a piece to this. We want to see them as that communication, but also not become identified by them, right? We want to allow the love to flow so we can move fully through the communication of the feelings rather than, and I've experienced this in my past, I'm sure you have too, Gemma, is getting stuck in that, in the, in the feeling, getting stuck in the sadness or the anger or the shame, the guilt, whatever it is, becoming identified by it, not fully passing through it or surrendering through it right did you as it resonate have you had experiences with that well it's definitely the process i mean it's it's it doesn't help anyone to bypass the feeling and not feeling it unfortunately or fortunately more the only way to heal is to feel it but as you said not to stay stuck there to experience the pain and alchemize it in our own individual way into love now whether that's reading self help books or youtube things it's you know having an awareness of what is causing the pain as not the obvious indicator that you know your your boyfriend left you or whatever it's well it's my attachment to that situation my expectations of that situation, my, for example, inability to be alone because I'm scared. You know, all these things, when one brings it into their own experience, and I mean, I read heaps and heaps of books, you know, before I ever got to poetry, just to understand the the human journey, you know, um, some Buddhist books, uh, lots of like um, Wayne Dyer, I mean, back then Conversations with God. I mean, I've got so many books and I hardly read now, but um, just. It's not the framework. Yes, to understand why you're feeling pain. It's not because your boyfriend left you or you you can't don't have the money to pay the rent. It's because if that's an aspect of fear, when you can work through what the fear is, then you can come to some resolution. Mm. Goes back to what we were talking about before with you, you uh, marrying your your mother, right? It's the it's always a reflection, right? The the external thing is always a beautiful reflection of an internal uh, aspect or an imbalance that needs to be seen. And, but we have to make the choice to acknowledge that because we could, we can keep projecting forever and life will continue, but life will not be very balanced. We'll, we'll keep, we'll keep running into challenges and wondering why that is going on. This Gemma, this flows now into another sort of topic I want to hit on. And we've been sort of walking around it for a little bit here now, and I want to go deeper into it. It's this idea of within this, pain into love and this alchemization, becoming your own superhero, right? Becoming the person that is, that is, you're healing you for you. 
And this is this really resonates with me uh, with something I teach around. It's the, the the phrase is "I before we" and "we we before all," and it really flips the sacrifice mentality that a lot of us have grown up in that we need to go out and save the world and then we're second or we need to go you know spill our love out into the world and then we can fill our cup later when if we have time so i'm wondering if you can speak to this a little bit more my friend this idea of becoming our own superhero and then sort of going out into the world with that cape on yeah, well, I mean, look, if, if anyone was to look me up now on Facebook, for example, I got 25,000 followers, right? But that's happened in six years. Before that, I had a very average profile. I mean, I was like no one with anything special I felt to give. Even though I said I knew I was a good person, I knew I had a good heart, but I didn't have anything out. I mean, I didn't post pictures of my lunch, but that sort of, you know, average profile sort of thing, you know. Um, and it was only, well, again, if you're trying to, what you said, save the world for external validation, that's when you're going to empty your own cup, because you see, you're trying to be well famous or well known for recognition. Um, it's a take from society. It's it's the illusion of giving, but underneath you want it back. You want you want this like you know for to validate yourself as as why you're you're around. And you would, I mean, that's obvious when you can see through that illusion. But when you get to a point that you filled your own heart and it's bubbling over so the effort you can give is without expectation of transaction, and that's the difference. So with unconditional love is when we filled our own heart to the brim so what we've got left we can give away for free. So I'm not giving it away with the expectation that, as I said, people buy a book or acknowledge me even in any way. I just post it on my profile and, yay, if you resonate with it, great. If not, I did it for me anyway. You know, I'm not expecting anything from it. So that's the difference. And now, um, yeah, I'm not giving with any expectation, but the gift I have to give because it is pure unconditional love, because my heart is filled and that's the excess, it comes through with, um, I think, a high pure frequency. People can recognize the difference between, say, what I'm doing on my profile and another profile that's more a marketing profile trying to sell books and courses. I don't sell anything, you know, I'm just here being me. And if you like my writing, great, you know. So Gemma, this is it's really working me up in a good way. And I, I want to break this down even more here. This, what you're describing here with the, the cup overflowing and then sharing, this is, I uh, I prescribe, and maybe you do too, my friend, to the sort of Vedic worldview. And the Vedic worldview teaches that the process is the outcome. And what I mean by that is a lot of people, like you said, it's and myself included, I often find myself in this trap, right? So I'm right here with all of you if you if this resonates. We we're 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 looking for the outside validation because we think the outside validation is the outcome, right? That that thing that we'll get to 
once I get to the thing, I'll be happy then, right? I'll be fulfilled then. I'll be I'll be purposeful then. But as you've highlighted beautifully already a couple of times in this chat, the fulfillment is not in the future. The fulfillment is always in this beautiful present moment, i.e. in the process of the becoming. So this cup being filled and then sharing, or in the Vedic view, it's the exporting of the fulfillment, right? We can we can go in, connect to that divine space, where you call it God, love, source, the quantum, whatever it is for you. We can connect to it, feel the fulfillment, or, i.e. fill up that cup, and then from that fulfillment, export it, right? Then we're sort of, we're giving from this space of potential. Does that resonate, my friend? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know those people that they just light up the room because they are light and love and expression. They're not doing it because they want you to come over and validate them. Um, so when I think maybe it's because, um, you know, trying to articulate feelings, I'm relatively well new to this vocally, but anyway, but let's say when you've got... <laughs> Thank you. When, um, yeah, see now I lost my train of thought. But anyway, it's it's you can't do anything else but just be that beauty and light. It's like a flower, right, that's bloomed. It doesn't want anything. It doesn't want you to tell it it's beautiful. It doesn't want to rack up 100,000 followers. It's just be there in the sunlight being beautiful and colourful and just enjoying its, you know, its own and because it does that everyone else loves yes. its beauty as well so this is this is the piece i want to go to next here and you've mentioned it right you you have you've you've created and i would say attracted in your words quite the community on facebook and a part of this is what we're talking about here now is this this frequency that we remember that we are, that then attracts other people and not doesn't attract them from a space of they 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 sort of want to validate you or they want to sort of take something from you. It attracts because that is them too, right? They are feeling the source that you are that is also them, right? Whether they're consciously aware of it or not, they are they're being pulled to the frequency because there is a part of them inside of them that wants them to acknowledge it as well. So I'm wondering maybe if you could speak to, have you noticed this, my friend, have you noticed that, you know, whether it's on Facebook or your beautiful YouTube channel, have you noticed that people are coming into your world, but they're coming because it's helping them see more of their light? Yeah, well, I mean, when you think about it, why do you choose to have more of someone? Because it ma they make you feel good. Now, I'm not there posting my tits and ass, so it's not my tits and ass that's making people feel good. It's the writing. And, you know, so, um, yeah, if, if you come on my page and you like my writing, because I don't even like the word followers. I think people that resonate with my writing. But, you know, obviously you can't change the wording on, on Facebook. So people who resonate with my writing, because, I mean, most days I'll, po I'll repost three sort of pieces that I've written a while ago just to, you know, keep the flow because they're, they're timeless, they're ageless, you know. So 
And, you know, so a lot of them I just know are way too good to humbly to, you know, just have posted three or four years ago, never to be seen again. And this is the thing. We're all at different stages of the journey. We're all different stages of relationships, of love, of freedom, of awareness. So, you know, um, there is, you know, obviously a lot of stuff that people like to see every day or you know when they or when they decide to check it out or it comes up in their feed and it makes them feel good otherwise we unfollow people I mean I unfollow people in my Facebook feed that have negative feeds negative posts or people I don't you know particularly resonate with I'll just say oh I don't need to see you I don't unfriend them I just unfollow them (laughs) it's a choice it's a choice that we can make right and it's it's all about you know, what I would add to that, Gemma, it's, it's being mindful of what you're digesting, right? It's being mindful of just like we mindful of the food that we put in our mouth or, you know, the sun that we're exposed to, or, you know, the chemicals in our home. It's the same thing with our energetic state, right? It's the same thing why I've for a long time now don't even have a TV or any connection to any news media because it's the same thing, right? It's, you, you, your energetic diet is just as important as your your physical food diet and it's in social media. It, uh, maybe I'll get your thoughts on this. Cause I think this is really, this is a very powerful um, component of this pain into love theme that we're talking about today. There's a lot of people that complain about social media, right? They complain about how it's a, it's a, uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's a scourge of our time. That's creating, you know, depression and anxiety and all these things. And I'm not, definitely not uh, disowning that. And I think those are very real things and conversations that we need to have. But when I look at your platform, my friend, and the community that you've built, right, I don't see any of that. I see I see a tool that has been used that is being channeled with love frequency, right? A tool that's being utilized for the conduit of frequency and compassion and kindness and expansion that you are. So, Maybe you can speak to this, my friend, of using social media as a tool rather than something that's innately broken or bad. Yeah, I mean, Facebook is my only platform apart from now the YouTube channel, but that only started three months ago. Um, And I've never been one to expand. I mean, that's time-consuming enough and sort of familiar for me. I did have a dabble with Instagram a couple of years ago but didn't maintain it because it's more a platform for the visual, whereas I'm the written word. And any of the other platforms I never got into. Um, Look, if it wasn't for Facebook, we wouldn't be here now. Honestly, I mean, I I can't even imagine. I, I mean, what would I have done, just written my poems in a book never to be, you know, I don't know. It's um. But it's amazing. Like anything, you know, it's what we, it's everything is a tool. It's what we do with it that, um, you know, matters, how we use it. Are we using it to um, expand our lives, to spiral up, or are we doing it to contract our lives and spiral down? And again, a lot of the people that are doing it for external validation, that's something to really be aware of. Whereas if you're doing it because it brings you joy, it's your gift to give. That's how I see it. It's uh, very humbly, I say. I mean, I'm at the point now that I, I do appreciate my writing's good and very unique, and I do understand that it has a divine frequency. Now, I don't own that. That's come through me. So 
even though I say my writing and the only reason I'm attached to it is because it is such a personal expression of me, my human. And so I, I understand it's divine creation. I understand the flow, but the essence, the uniqueness, the frequency is me. So I've had people that have plagiarized my work or, or shared it and made it their own and even changed the last paragraph. And I can recognize it straight away because I'm like, it's not my frequency. You've some you've taken three quarters of it, you've added a quarter of your own, and it's totally out of alignment. But what can you do? You just gotta let it go. And and Gemma, I would say it doesn't matter. So so let me explain that. So the people that stole your work, and I say this to all people out, because this is something I really embody as well. This is so this is one of the reasons I love you, my friend, because I, I from the moment I was able to experience your work and the things that you're doing, this really resonated with me. Is no one can copy that unique frequency. They may be able to copy the words, like you said, and change some things to make it their own, but they cannot copy the frequency that you're channeling behind the words. And people feel that again, whether they're consciously aware of it or not. So this is why, and I say this for everyone listening, when you are sharing yourself in this loving way, whether it be through the written word, whether it be through your voice, like I often do, whether it be through singing or dancing or creative arts, share it from the fact, from the point of knowing that no one can create that unique expression, even if they copy it a thousand times, right? They're creating it from their space of their space, but it's a disconnected space and people pick up on that, right? We innately can feel when someone's being genuine. So, and I think that because, you know, I'll write about, I won't just write about airy-fairy love. I mean, a lot of my stuff is a bit juicy too, but it's, you can feel it. You can, and I'll write about pain and I'll write about all the emotions. But again, it's me. I'm not pretending to be anyone that I'm not. And I mean, anyone that's been, you know, we've been connected on social media long enough knows that. And especially now the last three months that I've actually got my face and voice out, you know, I think people say, oh, well, actually, you know, she she is, you know, who we always thought she'd be, you know, just sort of a, a down-to-earth girl that's working her way through the world, you know. <laughs> <laughs> minus minus the tits and ass, just heart, just, just heart. <laughs> Well, I got to ask for, you know, someone special. <laughs> <laughs> Gemma, let me ask you about that because that's – so first of all, Gemma, I just want to say I'm really grateful for this chat and, you know, this is really hitting my heart and you're such a beautiful soul, so thank you for being here today. I I want to ask you about what you just alluded to and this is the stepping more into our power, right? Stepping more, as you just said, you know, you've been writing and expressing to the written word now that now people are being attracted to you and you were sharing with me yesterday that you have some interviews coming up and then you're starting to express your voice more what what advice would you give to other people out there that are on this alchemization of pain to love journey and they've been doing one thing for a while and then opportunities come in expansion inevitably continues and then they're offered the opportunity to expand in a new way. How how are you sort of leaning into this and what advice would you give to others? 
Well, I can relate to my own story, but, you know, to generalize it, it's trusting divine flow. Like, you know, when you feel that heart expansion, are you going to trust the divine God universe, the quantum world has got a better idea for you to reach your highest potential than your limited mind? I mean, what are you going to trust? the human mind and programming or divine source. Now, let's backtrack to me a little bit. So I was very shut down as a child. Um, I was not allowed to express my voice. So it was sort of be seen and not heard. So my writing was this beautiful tool to finally be heard. And it was I'm not, I wasn't speaking directly to you and asking for your at- investment of attention. I was just expressing and putting it on Facebook. If you want to see it, you want to see it. But I had an audience if I wanted, you know, if it was there, I had the chance to speak freely, which was denied to me. And even throughout that marriage, that was also denied to me. So finally, you know, I had a chance to express my heart, my freedom and be heard if people wanted to hear me, you know. And so it was flowing on with that. And I'd been asked to do interviews and I've, fair enough, I'd done a few sort of when my book came out and it was a bit easier because we were talking about my poems and books. But I've also got a, I would say, a, a good awareness of the human journey of emotions and the quantum field, masculinity, femininity, sacred love. But I found that I was always a bit um, nervous and um not confident to speak of this stuff because I never felt that the words coming out of my mouth via my mind were the same quality as the written words that I can channel through my heart. And I always felt that discrepancy and I wasn't happy that I couldn't bring that quality to the interview. So yeah, I did a few where I was actually reading poetry and stuff. And and then the last couple of years, I somewhere that in the back of my mind, I knew that one day I'd have to do it. And I was like just resistant. And so Three months ago, I mean, the short story is, you know, uh, I do a lot of work out at um, energetically connected to Central Australia, Uluru Sacred Feminine Site, Katajuta Sacred Masculine Site. And um, on Facebook during a little chat, I reconnected with two soul brothers out there that we'd sort of done a lot of sort of work and pilgrimage out there together. And as it is, one of them asked me to read a post that um, I'd written out there and I'm like, I'll read it to him, Messenger. You know, he wanted my frequency in the voice. And the other one goes, oh, no, do a public post so I can share it. And I'm like, no, I don't put my face on video. You know, there's the odd photo there for people to know I'm real. You know, I'm the sort of person, change my profile photo twice a year, that sort of thing, you know. No, no, I'm, you know, happy just writing. And anyway, he beautifully just sort of just pushed, convinced that beautiful masculine sort of persuasion. And I thought, okay, well, I will. And I made a six-minute for the first time ever with this video editing. I didn't put my face in it, just my voice. I read it and it took six minutes. I thought, right, I did a bit of artistic work around it. I better start a YouTube channel. And that was mid-July this year, 2022. Uploaded it. Oh, great, I'll have a poetry channel. You know, I'll um, next poem I'll read something about sacred love, da-da-da, whatever. Well, not to be because the next morning I woke up and the first thought in my head was, oh, now you have a YouTube channel, okay. Now you're going to interview men. Like, whoa, 
Okay. And I knew exactly why. I knew why. I mean, apart from it coming from Katajiu to the sacred masculine side, it was because for so long, us women have been telling men how to be men. And I had an awareness of this the, the past few years, and I tried to express it a bit through my writing, very respectfully for men, because I understood it was the male journey, but just more from a feminine perspective. And, I, and then it came to me, this is the way I can do it, by having men as my guests, talking to men in the audience. And of course, the beautiful bonus is that so many women watch that as well because we want a deeper insight and understanding into the male and the masculine journey. And it was honestly, it was just trusting that flow. Again, it was no agenda to do anything or be anything. I just sort of knew, oh, I'm going to interview 100 men. The first man I got, and it was was Lardy who um, was one of these soul brothers I'd met at Catajuda. Oh, come on, Lardy, you can be the first one. And he's there in the dirt over at Broome in his, well, in the, in the red soil and shirtless on his phone just doing the first interview. And the way I know it is divine flow is because all the perfection in it happens straight away. You know, like I'll oh, put Katajuda as the virtual background. I had, you know, like just the whole concept and which I didn't have to sit and brainstorm and plan. It was just there. And the thing is, I was so detached from it that if it wasn't right, I didn't care, you know. And the interesting thing is, as I said, I never sort of made did videos or, or Facebook lives. I was actually coming back from work and I just parked at a shopping centre. I got to get my nail, my dog's nails clipped. And I just picked up my phone and started recording, saying, expressing how I was yes. going to do these interviews. And, and it was so out of the box yeah. for me. I didn't care. I was in divine flow and I was just like lit up and on such a high with this sort of, you know, energy that was coming through I just wanted to express it and again that was not the usual me at all but I was just happy to trust and go with the flow and since then it's just expanded and expanded and you know now we have the man speak series as well the offshoot and it's just like beautiful I love it Mm. my friend I'm so happy you shared that story because I reflected this back to you yesterday and I think a big part of that journey that you just highlighted, you know, with especially with the man speak aspect of it and this and this whole movement that you've created on YouTube, it's also allowed your masculine to awaken, right? It's also allowed the beautiful masculine in you that, you know, for whatever reason, you know, up to that point in terms of the speaking aspect, didn't feel comfortable to stand in its full glory because you were out now able to see it in the actual physical male it created the space for that masculine to come up. I don't think it's a coincidence that all these interviews for you are coming up now after you've just spent so much time cultivating the masculine with your loving feminine on the YouTube channel, right? So one, it goes back to what we're talking before about the reflection piece, right? The reflection of everything we can see in the external is happening inside, right? But I would just sort of, you know, wrap up this piece because I want I want to ask you one more question here, my friend, and I want to hear some poetry from you. With the speaking, the, the same beliefs and stories that get in the way of the writing, right, that we talked about before, they can often also get in the way of the speaking, right? And Gemma, while I do believe that you needed to experience all those things to be in this moment now to the now speak, 
I also think there is a timeline, and maybe I get your perspective on this, where if you had surrendered through those beliefs and stories, much like you surrender beautifully through the beliefs and stories that might come up in the written form, you know, there's also opportunity there, right? So let me just give this example and throw it back to you. The amount of times that I'm, because I do this speaking all the time on the podcast and, you know, on live events, on Instagram and Facebook, all the things, right? The amount of times that I have a story that comes up that says, I can't do this and I just surrender through it. And then it's more beautiful than I could ever imagine, right? I've lost count. That's not a me thing, right? That's a spiritual being having a human experience. So does this resonate, my friend? What are your thoughts on this? Well, definitely, because I agree. I mean, as I said, I resisted for so long, but coming in as the interviewer gave me the confidence and to now be on the other side of it, because I think especially some of the guests that I have back a couple of times and we are maybe having a more of a, a sort of conversation. Um, and it's, as I said, to be able to, I could never have imagined where I am today, whether it's a, a social media presence or the woman I am, 10 years ago. I would never, ever, ever have thought. And if someone had said, this is what you're going to, to have or be in 10 years, I would never have been able to connect the dots of how that would even have been possible. And this is where... If we're trying to think of a future, how I need to get from A to Z is via all these points. You know, I need to have a good job. I need to buy a house. I need to have a family. I need to have two cars. That eventually will bring me happiness. Probably not. <laughs> but that's what we programmed, where instead if we trust the divine flow has the best way for us to get to A, a to Z, and it's just not even thinking what C is. When you're in A, you're just open for when B comes. And then having the car, because at the end of the day, what's the worst that could happen? I could have gone on YouTube and made an idiot of myself. Okay, I've got enough processing tools that, you know, I could have dealt with that. But it didn't even cross my mind mm. because. You had the confidence. I'm just being me and I'm happy yeah. with me. And yeah. I love it. Gemma. This has been a beautiful conversation. And I think as someone that has got to experience your voice today, you know, I see you now as a beautiful master at this and I can only see you going higher from here. I would love for you to take the chance before I have one more question before we finish and I hear a bit of your beautiful poetry. For the people that have been pulled to your work, right, and pulled to the beautiful woman that you are and they want to find out more about you, where can you direct them? We've mentioned your Facebook, your YouTube channel. What do you want to share with my audience? <laughs> That's it. That's all I have. So um, my Facebook is, if you put in Gemma Star with a G, uh, you'll probably find me, it'll probably come up. Um, if not, maybe there's a, Harrison's got a link, contact Harrison. Uh, my YouTube is also Gemma Star because I say originally it was going to be about my poetry. So I still stuck to that name, even though it's nothing to do with me. <laughs> Um, and they're my only two contacts. So that's it. You what's your book? Your book uh, is it still on sale? The one that you that you referenced before? It's actually called "And Then I Met You." But the interesting thing is, it's under Karen Star because I was Karen, and then I changed legally changed my name um, uh, last year, and now I'm Gemma. So again, I'm just not attached at all to to the book, but it is there available, and it's got the the light the light. 
light language artwork. Oh, I love it on the on the front of it. So it's and it's actually only my first two years of poetry. I mean, I've got over a thousand pieces now. So it's like, where do you even start with another book? You know, I mean, I love them all because they're all a piece of me. So someone else would have to do it, I guess. But they're there. But yeah, but it's it's yeah, it's there if anyone wants it. I think it's only about fifteen dollars or something. And if people are listening, as always, I'll put the show notes, I'll put the links, I'll put the book, everything in your podcast player to go to straight away. Gemma, I'd love to hear now uh, a bit of your poetry that you can share with us. Thank you, Harrison. Um, Yeah, when you asked me to do this, I was like, well, where do I start? But this one is very simple and, um, yeah, I'll read this one. It's called Blessings. I loved you the way I always hoped love to be, true to the heart, open and deep. My gift was my heart. It was all yours to take. Took it and loved it, didn't want it to break. Laughter and joy, gratitude and tears, surrendering to trust, choosing love over fear. You had your sweet reasons for doing as you did, no expectations we'd promised, so I accept. To share love for a day is to feel such divine presence, so the many we shared, heartfelt, heavenly blessings. Hearts can be broken, but true love can never break. A connection like ours will always yearn to reawake. Mm. That's beautiful, my friend. Thank you for sharing that with us. I, um, again, as I when I listen to these recordings and listen to the voice, I close my eyes, and that is a way that I open my channel. And again, that same image before of the dancing energies came up, but it was a lot more vivid a lot more colors came through the words that you were expressing so uh i love it i can't wait to re-listen to that on the recording my friend it's been a beautiful divine pleasure to share this with you today thank you for sharing your voice with me i have one question to finish this up and we've hit on this a bit today but i want to get a a heart-spaced response from you just so we can land with this and this is the cosmic love antenna and i call it the cosmic love antenna because the space that we are, we connect into my higher power, the divinity that I think is in all of us is a space of that deep divine love. So I'm wondering, Gemma, in your world, through your lens, how do you define that love word? That expansion of heart, you know, whether it's coming through loving someone, giving through creation, you can feel it, just the expansion. I'm feeling it now, you know, that's just like, this swirl of, of cosmic love in my heart that I can feel is is radiating out. Um, my head is like, this is the point I'm feeling in my heart. My head is just the same as my foot at the moment. You know, there's I'm not feeling anything there. It's a feeling. The heart energy love is a feeling. It's um, And love is about giving, not receiving, what makes us feel good and it's about cultivating that permanently within within you, not a temporary high like, oh, if I love someone and they love me back, I'll get that high, but they can also take it away. It's cultivating it within us that we've always sitting in that high frequency of the heart. Mm. What a wonderful embodiment that you stand in, my friend. You just described you just described Gemma. In a in a sentence there, 
Thank you, my friend, for spending time with me today. I love you very much. The All the listeners out there in the podcast world, thank you for giving us your hearts, your attention, your time today. I hope this brought you value. I hope this connected you back into that heart space. If it did today, please share this out with a friend, a family member, a lover. Regardless, both Gemma and I love you unconditionally. And until next time here on the show, we wish you love, we wish you light, and I'll see you again very soon. Bye, everyone. All right, beautiful souls. Before I leave you today, I'm excited to share an announcement and a powerful transformation with you. Starting on January 1st, 2023, I'll be launching a one-year coaching program one-on-one with me. So if you're looking to move through inner child wounds, ancestral healing, spiritual gifts, overcoming religious trauma, or anything else you hear me speaking about on this podcast, then this program is for you. This is your opportunity to spend a year in my frequency to help you expand one-on-one straight into your nuanced, specialized, and individual needs. This is for you if you're ready, if you feel committed, if that heart is pulling you to the change that you deserve. If you feel like this is you, please message me the word, the comments, the statement, one year love on my email or on my social channels, and we'll book your free call to feel in and tune in together to see if we're a good fit for this beautiful transformation. Please be aware I'm only bringing on a certain amount of people for this, so if this is you, please take this advantage before I fill up all my spots. I'm excited if this is the pull that you need, and I'm excited to get in touch and honored to take this journey with you. Sending love, sending light, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow Harrison on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse at Harrison Ma. That's Harrison, M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric acid. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Electric acid.